A good day to you and welcome to the Omer Gaming Podcast, episode 21. We are legal age drinkers. I'm one of your hosts, Manny, and as always, I am with two of the of the strongest and <laughs> and most oh. honest men I know. Matt and Steve, what's going on? I think that's the nicest compliment you've ever given us. A hell of a welcome, pal. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing well, man. We just had a ton of snow dumped on us. I don't know how much mm. you guys got. Nothing. But apparently we got more <laughs> coming next week. But I did get to work from home three days in a row, which is pretty sweet. Oh, my God. Can't complain God. about that. You mean play video games three days in a row? Allegedly. Allegedly. I worked very allegedly. hard at home. I don't know no what No one has proof about. of that except for all of the people he played with, which does yes. not, for the record, include myself. Uh, Matt, how's your, how was your day? Uh, day was good. I actually also worked from home today. I've been waking up late every day, and I'm going to attribute it to daylight savings time, but I just sleep through my alarms and have insane dreams. Yeah, I feel like everybody has a week of excuse. Like, anything bad that happens during the week after daylight savings time. Oh, it's daylight savings time. Like, I got a ticket, fucking daylight savings. It's (laughs) fucking with me so hard, you know? Well, folks, as always, we have some exciting things to talk about. Uh, this is a special episode because we are streaming live at twitch.tv slash omra underscore gaming for all the fine folks at home so they can see how the sausage is made. Uh, for today's episode, we're going to have a conversation about difficulty in gaming and how it impacts the quality of the games we play. After that, we're going to kick it over to Patch Notes where we update you on the gaming news that broke since last we spoke. And then we'll end it with some community stuff, including some questions from all of our fine viewers at twitch.tv slash underscore gaming. But before we get to any of that, let's keep the house. First up on housekeeping, please follow us on social media. We are at omra underscore gaming on Twitter and at omra gaming on Instagram. We also have a fabulous Discord community. You can find the Discord invite link on our Twitter bio and hang out with us all day long while we chat about games early in the morning, in the middle of the daytimes, and then also at night. The party never stops at the Omer Gaming Discord. Uh, on a similar note, you can call us and share your voice with us. We would love to hear you, unless you're a racist person. Don't call us if that's the case. But uh, give us a call, leave us a message about the podcast, any articles that came out. We would love to hear from you. It would be fantastic. And that number is 347-509-5620. Again, give us a call. And your voicemail might even be featured in an article or on the podcast. Next up on housekeeping, if you're super stoked about Far Cry 5 and its impending release at the end of March, then boy, do we have a treat for you. On March 30th, myself and my good friend Steve here will be streaming a nice long all-day stream of Far Cry 5. And during that stream, you can hang out and be entered to win a copy of the game on the platform of your choice. That's pretty fucking cool if you ask me. Next up, and last up on housekeeping, as always, this episode is brought to you by the fine people at insertcoinclothing.com. If you want to game good and look better than you game, I messed that one up, we're going to roll with it, head on over to insertcoinclothing.com and buy yourself some rad gaming gear. And on top of that, our listeners, our supporters, and our readers have an exclusive 15% off deal. All you got to do is put some PlayStation socks, and only PlayStation, no, I'm just kidding. You can get anything you want on their website, put it into your bag, and if you enter the code OMBRA18IC upon checkout, you'll get 50% off. Isn't that great? That's almost a quarter, if you round up to a quarter, you know? A quarter percentage, maybe more than a quarter. We're not mathematicians here, we're (laughs) podcasters. 
Uh, and that code doesn't apply to items that are already on sale or or bundles. bundles. <laughs> Not bundles, bundled items, items that are inside of the bundle. All right, get it straight. <laughs> you know what I mean. So with that, folks, let's get on with the show. So like I said at the top, uh, today's episode is all about difficulty in gaming. So this is actually a conversation we had, I want to say episode like 13 or 14, but we had a bunch of uh, technical issues and we had to cut most of that show. And on that, we had a, we had a friend Orlando on that show. Uh, shout out to Orlando if you're listening. We appreciate it. You've been replaced by us. Um, so what we're here to talk about is how difficulty impacts the quality of games, if at all. Um, I think if we look at a lot of the newer games that are released, so for example, Zelda Breath of the Wild, I think that game has a lot of DNA from other games, and, and all games are sort of iterative in that sense, right? And I think with that comes difficulty scaling. Um, so I think we should start by maybe doing a quick go around the horn here. Hardest game you've ever played. Oh, God. <laughs> I wish I knew this question was coming. That's um, kind of tough because I feel like over the years, I've, there's always been like some new hard game that has kind of captured yeah. my attention. I've, I've been on record as saying that Battletoads is easily the hardest game I've ever played in my entire life. Right. I think I'd have to probably stick with that because I can honestly say I've never beat Battletoads. I've also never really given it the full time it would really need for me to attempt to beat it. Most of the time when I play that game, I think I was like six years old. And after you keep losing in like the second level when you're trying to dodge and weave because it's all yeah, memory you based. hate that second level it, the second level is ridiculous yeah. as a six-year-old with no i think patience. that was that was one of your um would you rather's it was like would you rather always play the second level well yeah it was it was you would never get past the second level of battle yeah. toads but you had to play that for 12 hours or you'd have to do 24 hours of uh desert bus oh man that second level in battle toads really left left a, a scar on you <laughs> really yeah, left an you. impression so yeah that's probably the hardest game I've ever played but i mean like it's kind of subjective because over the years i still pick up games that are difficult like just recently with celeste that game was yeah. one of the hardest games i've ever played obviously i finished that one so clearly battletoads is still a little bit more difficult in my mind right um, right but there are still other games that i kind of stick with that i would consider very challenging but they're not overly difficult to the point where you know you can't do it like, if right. I ever encountered a game like that, then I'd, I wouldn't keep playing it. Yeah. What about you, Matt? Um, I don't know if I can really answer that question. <laughs> I'm not really a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really understand uh, what difficulty is. From, I don't like, see difficulty. <laughs> like, just hardest game I've played, but in a, in a way that I just disliked it was, I guess, Dark Souls, the first one. Because yeah. I got to the Capra Demon boss, and I just I just gave up. I totally forgot that you actually... I, I did that boss maybe like upwards of 15 times. Yeah. And I just I just stopped playing because it wasn't fun. And that yeah. boss fight in particular, I find incredibly unfair and stupid. I, I agree. For the record, as a Dark Souls fanboy, I totally agree with you, man. So in terms of like difficulty providing frustration to a level that was just the, that the highest, you. that would be it. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like game that is challenging that I go back to all the time, even when I take breaks for like months or weeks at a time, is just League League of Legends, because there's always something else. Every match, there's something else that challenges you. Whether it's your teamwork, you have to carry, you are in a position you don't normally play. The itemization is different. There's every game. There's a different meta game that's going on based on the players who are playing someone else on the team is really good and you have to counter that person in particular 
like every game there's a different strategic thing that you have to accomplish or or overcome or think about and so i wouldn't say it's the hardest game i've ever played but i'd say it's one of the most challenging games just because you're never good enough in that game there's always another for sure another thing to do or figure out or learn or Definitely. you know it's just super hard yeah and actually bisbo just mentioned in the chat i know we're sort of saving chat engagement for the second half of the show but he may, he brings a good point he says i like including multiplayer games in that debate and i think yeah. that is interesting like steve and i were obviously thinking about mostly single player games or at least games that you don't rely on other players to gauge yeah. success so it's definitely interesting i think i mean obviously dark souls is amongst some of the hardest games i've played but it's a different kind of difficulty, and I think there are different kinds of difficulty. I think, honestly, the hardest game I've ever played is Ruiner. That because it's What's incredibly so. It's a top-down shooter. Um, I got it. I think just at the end of last year, after they announced Hong Kong Massacre um, at Paris Games Week, and so it's a top-down shooter, uh, twin sticks. Um, it's like sort of steam, not steampunk. It's like cyberpunk, very futuristic, really awesome soundtrack, neon lights and, and awesome vibe, but it's so fast paced. And whenever you die, you have to start from the beginning of that level again. Oh. Um, I think part of it was the difficulty curve that comes down, that comes with top down gaming, because that's a new thing, not a new thing, but it can be new for certain gamers. And it definitely mm-hmm. is for me, but it was just, it's very, it's a very fast paced difficulty. Whereas dark souls is not fast paced. Dark Souls is like strategic thinking every approach out, whereas Ruiner was like reflex, right? Um, so it's like a different kind of difficulty. But it's interesting, Steve, you mentioned Celeste, and one of the things that I think is really unique about Celeste is that it is known as a very challenging game, but yeah. you can actually slide the difficulty to account for how you want to play it. So if it's too hard... Well, yeah, you can do assist mode. Right, right. I did not dabble in assist mode. I went proud of you. Well, hey, if I'm gonna play that game, I'm gonna play it to its fullest challenge. I still haven't gone back and like done all like the B side missions, which are I, I tried one yeah. of them and it's just absurd how difficult they are. But that's the thing with the game is no matter how many times I died in a particular section, and there were plenty of sections where I died hundreds of times. Like I think there was one where I died over 800 times in oh one my particular level. God, Jesus Christ. It's super frustrating because you keep and you just keep doing the same thing and the same thing happens. You're like, "God yep. damn it." But then you you realize you're like, "Wait a minute. I know exactly what I have to do. I just have to time it right." So then each time you're a little closer and then you finally hit it and you're like, "Oh my god." And like when you get to that little level where like you get to the second part, and you're like, oh, cool. That means all that shit I just did is saved now. So I'm yeah. good. Kind of sounds like the original uh, Mario. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. it's like Definitely. pattern recognition, and I got the uh, God the SNES whatever the one that they remade. Yeah. Uh, the SNES classic. And holy shit, it's hard. It's yeah. a lot of like pattern recognition yeah. and oh memorizing things, and like doing it over and over and over again until right. you finally get it right. Right, right. Because another thing with Celeste, what they do is they implement certain um, new mechanics in levels as you advance, but they don't tell you about them. You just have to figure out how they move or how they work with you and, like, the buttons you press. Like, there were certain things that when you hit the dash button, the platforms would move. And so you have to time when to hit it so you could jump from one and then make sure you hit Mm. the other one when it's moving in the right spot. That's wild. And they don't tell you that. You just get to a new section and you're like, oh shit, those things move now when I hit dash. Good to know. And that's what you find out after you just plummeted to your death because you hit dash and the platform you thought you were going to land on just darted backwards. (laughs) And I I think it's, I I haven't played it, but from what I've seen and read and heard, Celeste, you can allow yourself to die 800 times because you just reset that stage and you can get right back to it. And now you know 
you've been equipped with that information. You said, okay, cool. I know the the platforms move when I dash. I'm going to, I'm going to come into this next life, this next cycle, knowing that. And that's similar to like, you look at limbo or inside, right? You're, you're you're just walking. Everything (laughs) wants to kill you. And there's new mechanics every two stages or so, right? Gravity completely turns upside down. When you pull a lever, water empties from this area to this area, right? So, but when you die, you just start from just right before you died, right? So it's helpful in that regard rather than making you start from the beginning. But I think an interesting question that a lot of gamers probably think about, but I'd like to sort of discuss it, is why do we play hard games? Like, why do we play these games that frustrate us to no end? I dislike them. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's game- like, I don't. No, like single player games that are super, super hard that don't have a difficulty slider, I don't enjoy. But like, like I said, multiplayer games where there's a team component and there's objectives yeah. that are really challenging like league or overwatch i enjoy those like steve what motivated you to push through 800 deaths in celeste <laughs> what motivated me was that game was a blast like no matter how many times i would die i still enjoyed the story i enjoyed the soundtrack was great like every level had a distinct um, music behind it that just kind of added to the overall tension as you're climbing up this yeah. mountain and the story is fantastic because they did it perfectly where yeah you keep dying but there's really no consequence unless like you kind of got through a section you were close to the checkpoint and then you died so then you have to go back and do it all over again so like that's really the only consequence to when you die i think the main reason why death is almost celebrated in that game because there's literally a prompt um i think before you go into the third level which was the first real tough level in that game for me so right before you go in there, it tells you wear death like a badge of honor. The more times you die, the more you learn. Well, it's because the more you know after you die, the more you learn, right? Exactly. And because they tie it all in with the story. It's all, it's an entire story about, you know, Madeline's journey for like basically self-acceptance. Like she's trying to figure out what's going on, like why she has self-doubt and things like yeah. that. Um, so it, the whole concept is like, no matter how many times you fall, you get back up and then you climb up to the mountain. So all of those things put together made me keep going back to Celeste. Like there were definitely times where I'd be playing it for like two hours and you have a ton of death and you just get tired. You're like, all right, I need to take a break because my thumb was the sorest oh, it's ever yeah, been. But now your thumb has muscles like crazy. So. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. Super strong. Yeah. <laughs> I just kept wanting to pick it up and play it until I got to the top of the mountain. Yeah. So I think knowing that what was at the end of the tunnel kept pushing me to play through it because I wanted to see how Madeline came out at the end of that yeah. game. Like I was very invested in that particular character. But on the flip side, like Matt, like I tried Bloodborne, played that for like 20 <laughs> minutes, and I hated oh. it. So I've now re-downloaded it through PS yeah, Plus. Yeah, good thing it just gonna, came out. I'm going to try I'm gonna try to give it another yeah. shot, but I, I, I envision getting the same type of frustration and just not feeling the same drive to keep yeah. playing it mostly because i know it's like was it like an 80 to 100 hour game it gets up like, there, yeah. i don't know if i want to i don't know if i want to do that for that long i knew celeste was like a 10 11 hour right. game so for, well for what it's worth i'm only about halfway through bloodborne so we can jump jump into it together and and die many times hand in hand uh yeah i think there's something really compelling with like the idea of i'm gonna die but when i come back i'm gonna be better equipped and i'm gonna be smarter and i'm gonna be more prepared I think that's like a cool sense of progression. Perhaps a lesson for real life. When I die, I will come back smarter. (laughs) That's right. Respawning is real. Respawning is real, real. folks. Play life on the edge. (laughs) So, I mean, what what keeps you coming back to Dark Souls? Because, like, I've played games like those. And, honestly, it just doesn't suck me in. Because usually I like 
like the sword fighting games and things like that. Yeah. But honestly, it just seems like it's almost too much going on. I'd like to start by saying it fills my heart with joy to be asked that question on this podcast. This is like the only conversation and stream where it and would give ever me this, come up. Give though. me this episode, Matt. Just, just okay. Fine. I, this is the, this is the only this time. This is your space to talk about. Dark Souls Souls. Fest 2018. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Oh, that sounds like the worst fest of all time. (laughs) Um, So I first played Dark Souls when I graduated college. I was living actually with Reese and my sister. And he was like, yeah, try this game. And I got to the first boss and I was like, fuck this. And then when I was older and wiser, uh, he sent me me the game. (laughs) He was like, fucking try this game. So I did. But I think what keeps me coming back or kept me going was... I mean, like, just like Celeste, the story is amazing, um, and it's very dark, and it's very grim, but the story is... Would you say it's dark and full of soul? It's full of dark soul. <laughs> um, it's, like, really Stupid. dark. That was a dumb joke. And grim. <laughs> For the record, not, neither Matt, uh, Steve, or I have any jokes against Matt in which they involve us just being like, no, it's dumb. It's fucking <laughs> stupid. So Matt's been riding this... Fuck Dark Souls since episode one. I digress. Um, I think the story is ama- the story is very good, and it and I think the cool thing about it is that it it gives you just enough to let you run with it. So it gives you enough to just like headcanon the fuck out of this game and be like, oh, I think this piece of armor is here because so and so died this way, and like that's my version of Dark Souls now. So I think that's really cool, and I hadn't experienced that prior to it. But I think it's the exact same thing. It's just coming back with new knowledge. Um, and saying, okay, now I know there's two hollow knights right there, and when I tried to do this spin move, it didn't work, or when I used my shield, it didn't work, so I'm going to go two weapons in each hand or something. So there, it's just a sense of accomplishment at its at its most basic form. I mean, that being said, like there were times where I would put it down for a month, and I hated it, and I wasn't going to touch it, and then miraculously, when I f- picked it up for the first time again, I beat the thing I tried 80 times prior, and I, and that felt great, but I was also like, what the fuck? It's remarkable how many comparisons I can make to Celeste, like you said, where like a badge of honor. Like, if you look at the Dark Souls Reddit or this guy Matt that you you sent me an article about who did the all three games with no hit. Like, I, I think that's a little bit masochistic, but at the same me time, too. like he's like, that's my fucking badge of honor, and I'm like, good on you, dude. Like, no way I'm gonna do that shit. He got to the final boss of the third game and died. And got hit. He got yeah. hit, and he had to start over. Yeah, I watched from that. the first game. Well, he started he started in reverse the second time around, but yeah, I watched that clip and the guy literally starts crying and turns his stream off. It's absurd, um, but it's the same thing, right? It's like a badge of honor. So I th- at least for me, that's what kept me going. But then I-, I played Neo right after I played Souls because everyone's like, "It's the Samurai Souls, you should play it." And I was like, "That sounds cool, I'm gonna do it." And it, I I stopped playing halfway through because I was like, "This is difficult and it doesn't meet my other standards for a game like this." Oh, interesting. Like, like the whole like Souls like genre. There's a lot of games that mimic it, but they don't execute the same way Dark Souls does. So when you have a difficult game that doesn't provide other things that make you happy as a gamer, I'm out of there, right? So it needs to be coupled with it. And this this is one of the things we talked about with Orlando, Steve, where it's like, I play hard games when they're good. I don't play hard games that are bad, you know? Now, have you have you dabbled in Cuphead at all now that you've got a, key, a PC? I haven't. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I appreciate the art style and I, and I like it. And I think it's cool, and I think it's a miraculous piece of art that that people actually like put loads of time into. But at the same time, I don't. It's just not my cup of tea, to be honest. Um, like I look at Limbo, like Limbo's 
up there in difficulty, but I, I identify with that art style a little bit more, right? So, like, that's what kept me going in Limbo. I was like, fuck this game. It's hard, but it's super pretty, and I want to keep playing it forever. Well, yeah. Well, the Limbo thing about was Limbo was... So, yeah, Limbo is beautiful, and there's also the curiosity like where like what is this kid stuck in i want to find out what's yeah, at the yeah. end of this that's why the oh man the ending yeah. of that game was oh, such amazing. a kick it's amazing yeah <laughs> it and was... you never and you never get that answer and I, that's another good example of like the game being like come up with your own version of, of what this ending means and that'll be that'll be your own way of like having closure with this game which i think is, is i great. only ascribe to official lore what is what is the official lore of limbo i don't know <laughs> Kid's stuck in a forest, keeps going in circles, that's it. <laughs> he walks to the right forever until he stops. <laughs> um, now I gotta ask you though, if like Dark Souls wasn't as difficult as it is, do you think it'd be anywhere near as good of a game to you? Probably not. And yeah. I think it's because it takes away the Badge of Honor theme, right? Because yeah, it's like because this from game what I've is seen, beautiful. I feel like the fighting mechanics aren't that great. They're not. Like the, no. the hit registration is... No, hitboxes are fucking awful. Camera angles can be super shitty. Um, But I think what keeps it going... I mean, it's like the same thing if somebody went back and beat Battletoads. Mechanics are challenging. Graphics are shitty because it was made way back then, right? But overcoming that challenge is something that you can be proud of, right? So, like, I put up with the shitty camera angles. I put up with the unfair gameplay mechanics. I put up with the shitty, shitty combat mechanics. And I still beat all three games, right? And that feels good to me. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think I would play it if it was as difficult, because I'd be like, this game's really easy, and why am I walking so slowly? Yeah. <laughs> it just wouldn't move the needle. Well, me. I mean, I feel like the the whole, because this whole conversation kind of started as like, is difficulty in gaming good? And I just feel like it's been there since the start, because even going back to you know Nintendo and Sega Genesis and all that, like Sonic the Hedgehog was one of the hardest games I played as a kid. It took me until. Uh, I mean, me and my brother probably beat it when we were younger, but it was, like, you know, mostly him playing because, again, I was a young kid. Um, And then I didn't really, like, beat Sonic 2 until freshman year in college when I had one of the classic editions on, like, PS2, and I just knocked it out. And it gave me a ton of joy because there are plenty of times in Sonic where, you know, you hit the wrong thing, all of a sudden you lose all your rings, and then just when you think you're about to grab another ring, another thing shoots at you, and then you die, and that's your last life, and... Yeah, you get to just start the level over, but you lose all your score. You lose everything that you had worked for. So it like those little things kept you going, but it also frustrated you when you knew that you were that you ended up losing like everything you had. But I also feel like the difficulty in those older games was a product of the fact that from a technical standpoint, they couldn't build too much else. You know what I mean? Whereas now, like you look at Uncharted, yeah. and it's like I can climb every surface available to me right now. Like. That makes this game a lot easier, whereas before it's well, like, no. I think it's just a platformer generation, because, like, Celeste is a platformer, and yeah. it was released in 2018, but it's just as difficult as all those other ones. I would say Celeste is much more acclimated to a joystick, which is nice, yeah. because most of those 2D platforms are all made for D-pads. Right. Whereas this one seemed like it was actually made with a joystick in mind. Yeah. Um, I think a joystick is actually... Because I honestly can't go back to the D-pad at this point. Oh, same. Sometimes I try. I really do. Um, games that allow directional movement with the D-pad, I'll like test it out. I'll be like, Ugh, no, it doesn't feel good. I'm done. And then I'll go back to sticks. But I also think that like there's also like a resurgence of these maniacally different difficult games. Like if you look at Cuphead, you look at that one, I forget what it's called, where the guy's in a pot and he has like a pickaxe. 
you guys know that one? Yeah, where he's just climbing a mountain. That yeah. Was, yeah. And then, like, you know, Dark Souls and Bloodborne. And then there's the one I was watching a stream of a, of a woman who was playing this game. And it's like you tap on your you, you tap a key on your keyboard and you move your mouse and you have to connect all these really quickly flashing lights mm-hmm. and then she would she would get it wrong and she would start from the beginning and start from the beginning so i feel like there's a resurgence of these difficult games yeah go ahead matt sorry two things one just want to thank Iceman for his follow appreciate ice man thank, thank you, you for the so follow much. man and then two i feel like a genre we haven't talked about which involves difficulty are strategy games Games like Stellaris, Civilization, you know, they have tons of levels of difficulty in those games. But like for Civilization, the the lower ones are easier. But like if you ramp that up, that game gets so damn hard. Yeah. And it's all strategic thinking. It's not like action. It's not shooter. It's not platformer. It's like I have to know so much about the tech tree and how I'm going to win and like – that takes a lot too, and I know people really enjoy the challenge out of that. Um, Absolutely, Stellaris is just hard. Period. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's so much going on in that game. It's just like giant space strategy yeah. sim. Or what's the one? Um, oh, FTL, faster than light. Right. Yeah. Like, into that's the, the same thing. It's mm-hmm. like knowing how many resources you have and knowing when to use them and planning for the future. Yeah exactly and then like especially if you look at like uh like wave defense games right like which are like a subset of strategy if you want to look at it that way but there's a lot of games where between waves you have to say okay i have have 10 resources i can either build a gatling gun or a laser cannon i know i have new enemies i don't know which one i want to invest these resources in so it's like like when we went on our two-week kick of uh killing floor exactly exactly (laughs) that was a fun game i like that game a lot actually no it was fun i might go back it is deleted off my ps4 though yeah same i'm I'm actually not gonna go back (laughs) i'm not gonna go back far cry 5 comes out in two weeks i'm not gonna touch that game ever again um but one of the things i wanted to ask you matt was i feel like you play a lot more well maybe not too many too much more but um if you look at games like league and if you look at games like wow how does difficulty scale and how does it impact your enjoyment of a game and your experience of a game when you're relying on other people for success? Well, I can't speak to WoW really because I've never like heavily rated okay. in WoW, but yeah, I've yeah. always found, I mean, except for those like top tier bosses that I've never done before, I've always found WoW pretty easy and okay. I've always taken it more as an RPG. But speak to League, really. <laughs> Playing playing solo <laughs> to Matt is Dark Souls to Manny. So. Playing solo queue ranked in league is just a horrendous experience because you don't know the other four people you're with. They could be terrible. You could be terrible. It can be so frustrating to play that game. Plus, on top of that, people are pretty salty sometimes. Yeah. Um, the only great thing about it is that you can just mute everyone and just <laughs> play it. Um, <laughs> but what's good about league and when what i like is when you you know have a group or you queue as two people into ranked um yeah. or, or you're just playing normals as a group then it's more like okay they got baron we have to be on the defense right now what is our best strategy should we all yeah. counter the mid should we have someone split push like that's where the challenge comes in is yeah. the strategic thinking involved with your friends when you're playing but playing and queuing alone can be like incredibly frustrating and sure not even difficult but just like i don't know this person i don't know their skill level really 
and I'm relying on them, but wait, I can't really rely on them because they're like feeding and have eight deaths. And now the person opposite in their lane is up eight kills. And I think the same, I mean, you look at like Overwatch, right? Like last season, I did all my placement matches with Bisbo, with Caleb, and I placed higher than this season when I did all my placement match- matches solo. And I couldn't, like, it's the exact same thing. It's like, I am relying on these other people for my ranking and i'm probably worse than them but at the we same just time, need like, vaguely aware to carry us all yeah maybe carry, if we get, carry us all to plat maybe if we get lonnie a ps4 she can help us out on this side of the, oh no this side of the spectrum too um but yeah i mean this the same goes for like ghost recon wildlands right like when i play pvp i'm like oh shit i don't know these people and i can't talk to them um you can ping in pvp you can say like there's somebody over there um and they'll, they'll get a marker on their map. But like, if I'm playing with Bisbo, we'll have a higher chance of success than when I'm not. Um, yeah, Toot Loot actually just mentioned he thinks difficulty in, in multiplayer is a completely different thing. And it is, because with multiplayer games, I think the best way to look at it is, like, your chances of success are only as high as the weakest link, right? Like, how well you do is going to be dependent on the worst person that you're playing with. Mm. And, yep. and they can break you. They can break your chances of success completely. So there is definitely a randomized chance of success when it comes to multiplayer games for sure any closing thoughts on difficulty in gaming everyone in the chat you all get a free copy of dark souls one that's um, courtesy of manny perez and only manny perez we got a we got a free code from from software Everyone gets a switch too. No, I'm kidding. All no, none of that is true. My God, don't make promises you can't I keep. I know, I know. That was a joke, but but donate and <laughs> make, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, donate to us, then we'll use your money to buy you guys. Things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how that worked, right? We're we're gaming curators. Exactly. We'll we'll buy you a switch and we'll spray paint it gold and be like, we got you the gold switch. Um, <laughs> oh, speaking of that, I used to have the platinum Game Boy Advance. Shit was tight. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I was actually I was I was looking at where I could find the all gold version of the PS4 and how much I needed to pay for it. Well, I think it's only a slim. I don't I think it's only a 500 gigabyte. That's oh. not worth it at all. Unless it was a gold PS4 Pro, I'd get that. I would also get the Glacier White PS4. Pro. I I digress. There's so many things I want and not enough dollars to support that kind of lifestyle. Okay, my closing thought is that it's personal preference. <laughs> Whether or not you like difficult Everybody's games or not. special. And that was Middleman Matt not taking a side. My closing <laughs> thoughts is the shrug emoji about this topic. <laughs> I know we just talked for 45 minutes about this, but eh, I don't know. My preference is difficulty in multiplayer games where you're thinking strategically and working as a team. Boom. Those are just words, man. Yeah, with meaning behind them, as is all language. <laughs> oh, someone's a linguist now. <clears throat> my closing thoughts isn't necessarily about like my preference for them, but uh, the main thing is I do believe there's a, a need for these difficult games in in gaming. Period. Um, but I think there needs to be an adequate payoff. Like I don't think games should ever be difficult just for the sake of being difficult. Mm. I think there should be a reason behind it, whether it ties in with the story, whether it's part of the gameplay, or you know whether it just leads to that better payoff when you actually reach the end game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we talked already ad nauseum about Celeste because it was a, a great payoff for all the hours I put into it, all the times I died. I was satisfied with the ending. I know you from all the times we've talked about Dark Souls that the ending of those games left you feeling accomplished. So all the time and all the hours you put into taking on all of those different 
souls, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you get you All get of souls. souls. When you kill oh, uh, you get souls. You don't take souls. You can't. I'm a a tiny gnome now, I guess, in (laughs) Steve-Eye. Hello. All right. So you get that satisfaction. So as long as, you know, you're left feeling accomplished for the amount of time and effort you have to put into some of the more difficult ones, then I think it's all worth it. With that said, I got to give Battletoads another shot. Definitely. I would love to watch you. I think difficult, I I enjoy difficulty, but like you said, it has to have a payoff and it has to be coupled with a great story or beautiful art ideally both of those things and a bunch of other shit to make it worth it i like games that respect my intellect and don't handhold me like metal gear solid 5 did that really well here's an open world do anything the way you want to do it it's challenging we're not going to hold your fucking hand and that's exactly what dark souls does but it's way on a much higher scale but yeah so i think there's like a threshold of like respecting the gamer and it's like yeah. don't hold my hand but also like give me something to work with and give me something mm-hmm. that makes it worth the challenge right right um, so yeah that folks was the topic of the podcast which was difficulty in gamings gamings all of the games gamings hello hello all of the different styles and cultures and textures of gaming yes all the flavors the smells um so yeah thank you for everybody who's who's watching and and chatting with us we appreciate it so with that folks let's move on to patch notes where we update you on the gaming news that broke since last we spoke for patch notes 3.15.18 get it it's like the date of today for everybody that's watching uh who wants to go first i vote for matt what's your vote steve i concur oh right not like i was just responding to people in chat i'm working triple time i'm the dj i'm responding to people And I'm going first. Go ahead, Matt. What do you got for patch notes? So my patch notes for tonight uh, is that Ninja, who, if you don't know who that is, is a Twitch streamer who's been streaming for a while, but uh, I think started in Halo and now has exploded in popularity to having over 100,000 viewers basically every time he streams that's crazy Uh, and that was going to be my patch notes in general was just going to be talking about ninja and how many views he had viewers he like yesterday morning you were like this is going to be my patch note and then i wake up this morning and literally last night uh drake from drake and josh amazing (laughs) no not that drake Drake. bell but last night not drake bell no god no uh Drake, the rapper. Drake of Degrassi fame? Of yes. Degrassi fame. <laughs> Jimmy from Degrassi, also known as Drake, a.k.a. Drizzy. <sighs> a.k.a. Drake Bell. Uh, anyway, last night, Drake streamed with Ninja on Ninja's stream. Uh, yeah. And where's the number? I'm looking at it. This is behind the scenes. Because, yeah, it was uh, it was Drake. It was uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, yeah. the wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Which and is there was insane. another one. There was yeah, he just like reached out to me. He's like, yo, can I play with you guys? And yeah. I was like, yeah, come on in. <laughs> yeah. And Drake tweeted last night, playing Fortnite, two words, all lowercase, with at Ninja. And people lost their shit. Well, yeah, because Drake has like 35 million followers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was insane. And look, so Ninja made at least $25,000 last night from new subscribers just because Drake was playing Fortnite with him. All right, guys, new goal. Get Drake on the Overgaming Podcast, episode 22. <laughs> I think one of us just needs to be really good at Fortnite because Ninja is really good at Fortnite. Yeah, so, okay. He's phenomenal. Here's my thing. 
There's people that are better, though. Right. I'm sure there are. This is what I was going to talk about. When I look for streamers, I'm looking for personality. I'm looking for people who are funny that make me laugh while I'm watching them. And I'm looking for people who are exceptional at the games they play. Ninja is very good at Fortnite. It's true. Uh, But there's streamers out there that are better than him. Uh, I watched him and Shroud playing, and Shroud absolutely carried him. And you can fight me on that if anyone wants to fight me on that. 1v1 Matt, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't see that match. I mean, Shroud's a famous streamer. He gets thirty to yeah. 40,000 viewers nightly when he's streaming in PUBG or Fortnite. And I just, I just, I don't know. I've watched a few of Ninja's streams now. I watched the the stream with Drake on it from last night. I watched it today. I don't know. I I just I don't jive with Ninja's personality. It's like too much all the time. Too much talking. The talking's really fast. He doesn't even have like a nice setup. He's in like a dirty basement. <laughs> like if you're making twenty five thousand a fucking night, hire somebody to clean your room. You know, <laughs> fuck. He's putting that all. He's putting that all in the retirement savings. All right. He's just being responsible. How about that? No. My point is that I don't know if it's at like. A little bit of a loss of words or if it's just like this hype around this one person and it's just like snowballed into this thing just because he has so many viewers and people are just there because there's so many and they're not there because of necessarily they get along with the guy or they like the guy or they like the stream or they like the the his skill level or, or something i feel bad for the the streamers who have also been like putting in tons and tons of work yeah like yeah. shroud like uh summit like tim the Tatman. tim the Tatman is his hilarity level is like through the roof compared to those other guys yeah. anyway um and like shroud again i think his his skill level is like much higher than than ninjas too and it's it's interesting that ninja somehow either through luck or i don't know some strategy he had I think it's in the just beginning. the hype effect right it has to be he just brought it all together I don't know yeah you definitely have to get lucky like he was in the right place at the right time I mean he's obviously done something right for a little while to amass the amount of followers that he had before last night anyway yeah and then you know right time right place all of a sudden you're streaming a video game with one of the most famous rappers in the past 20 years that that's a stroke of great luck but hey that's how a lot of people catch a big break i was talking to caleb about it this morning and i was just like i don't get it like he's pretty good at these games i mean he's very good at these games he's funny-ish he's engaging but like so so is sasquatch armada you know what i mean like where's the break and caleb was like well he's been doing it for a while i was like dude my mom's been a teacher for 40 years she's not making twenty five thousand dollars a night you know like time is almost i don't want to say irrelevant but it's it shouldn't be as much of a factor as it is but i think matt to your point i think it's just like hype i think people are like whoa he's got so many followers i want to be a part of this i want to help that success i agree that that's probably a huge part of it because you see you know why does this person have such a following what's going on here let me check this out and then all of a sudden now you're sucked in and that leads to somebody throwing them a donation or throwing us throwing a subscription because so many people have amazon prime and get free subscriptions to twitch for that so all of a sudden you throw that free five dollar a month subscription and that's five more bucks in his pocket and then if you get a thousand people doing that plenty of money for this guy yeah the thing i am not happy about either is that like a bunch of celebrities are now like capitalizing on it on twitter and saying like they're gonna go on twitch and stuff and i'm just like 
I'm not about that. Like you're a celebrity because you are really good at acting or singing or something. And that's your sphere of influence. Like it's cool that all these people are like, oh, I'm actually sort of a gamer like on the side. But what's not cool is that like now they're going to go on like Ninja's stream and it's just going to become a thing where there's celebrities now on Twitch. But I'd rather there just be the Twitch celebrities like people streamers who have made it not like these people coming on to capitalize on these streamers you know i will say on top of that though because jeff Keeley tweeted this out today how great he thought it was for someone like drake to basically make it public how much he enjoys playing video games because he mentioned this is only better for you know that anti-video game crowd to see that it's everyone there's you know video games can appeal to any type of person no matter their status level no matter who they are and because i think in the tweet he mentioned you know kanye west loves playing video games who who else i will not watch kanye west stream well i don't give a shit about kanye west but i'm just saying like he's pointing out that there are these big names out there who are pop culture icons who could help change that perception of what a video gamer actually is yeah so i think in that sense it is good to bring eyes to the product like We've mentioned before, like, um, I think someone brought it up in our Discord. I think it was you, Manny, because I'm a wrestling fan. And every year, like, right around WrestleMania time, that's when they start bringing in big names to try to attract attention. This year, they do it with Ronda Rousey. Yep. And people complain, like, oh, is that really a good idea? You're bringing someone in who's not a professional wrestler, all this, yada, yada, yada. Anytime you can get new eyes to your product, it's a great idea. And I think yeah. for people like this, I agree. I don't want to see Drake in every goddamn stream I watch. That's for sure. But I'd watch I'd watch Drake every night. I fucking love Drake. <laughs> cool. Well, that was a good patch note. Steve, do you want to go next? I would love to go next. So, as we've discussed multiple times, big Tomb Raider fan. Movie just came out. I still want to see it. I've heard mixed reviews. The folks from Kind of Funny they liked it, and usually um, I trust Greg Miller's opinion. I notice we have similar tastes and uh, like movies and shit like that. But yesterday there was a big news story going around that. They were basically going to announce um, something this morning, and the link, people broke down the URL link to basically reveal when the game was going to come out. Yeah. And today, they the Tomb Raider Twitter actually confirmed it. Shadow of the Tomb Raider. They're going to have a big reveal video on April 27th, and then the game itself comes out on September 14th. And I am stoked. This is basically, they're saying this is going to be like the end of uh, the, the reboot trilogy. So this is like their story they're going to tell. I imagine there will be other Tomb Raider games somewhere in the future. But for this particular story, I think it's very akin to the Arkham games where they told their story in a trilogy and that's it. I think it's the same thing. You're going to get a kind of a final story here for Lara. And I I can imagine it wrapping up similarly to like how Uncharted 4 ended where, you know, Nate goes off to live with Elena. They have happily ever after, yada, yada, yada. And I think it's going to be the same thing for Shadow of the Tomb Raider. You know, Lara's going to go through hell. It's going to be an outrageous thing that she has to deal with. I'm hoping that they improve on the open world a little bit. Because I thought the Rise of the Tomb Raider gave gave you enough to want to do in between main missions. Like, you actually had to go hunt for the tombs. There were a lot of different things that you could pick up on the side. I do want them to expand a little bit on that. Because as we've talked about, like you mentioned when you watched me play, it kind of reminded you of Horizon. And I've gone on record saying i think of it more like a like a diet horizon zero dawn so i think if they kind of learn a little bit from what gorilla was able to do with horizon and maybe pull that into their world i think you can get a really immersive semi-open world tomb raider which i think is nice i don't think it needs to be fully open world at all 
Um, I think it should maintain the linear story of the past games, but I, I'm really looking forward to how they improve um, the mechanics through fr- uh, from Rise of the Tomb Raider. But September 14th, that's good because it's a smart move to kind of stake your claim to release dates now because once October comes around with Red Dead, you're all kind of fucked. Yeah, I think the only thing that doesn't fear Red Dead is Smash, but that's a different conversation yeah. for a different day. But yeah, I am definitely not as into the Tomb Raider series as you are, but I think it's one of those things where it's like, shit, I grew up playing these games. I grew up having fun, essentially growing with the franchise earlier on. So it's like one of those things where it's like, I respect its place in gaming and I respect its lore um, as like a, as a franchise. So I'm excited that there's another one coming out for sure. Do you sure. think you're going to, would you ever give this reboot series a shot? I think it's worth it. I would have to start with the one you just, you just Well, finished. did you play yeah. um, the first one? I played, yeah. Which what was that called? I think it was just, was it. I think it was just Tomb Raider. I think I did, and I stopped early on because something else came out. I got distracted, I think, or maybe I just. I honestly don't remember, but I didn't play much of it. Um, maybe a handful of hours, but I mean, I'll watch you play it, Steve. Well, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. It's been interesting to see its like sort of second life cycle come about this time around. So. Um, it should be. Interesting. I think that they have Uncharted to thank for that because I don't know if I don't know if it reboots yeah. the way it does without the success of Uncharted. And I and I think what's it called? Uh, Horizon has a part to play in that as well, especially given f- female protagonists. Right? I think there's a space for that now, especially thanks to games like Horizon Zero Dawn that were such a huge, big deal uh, and a big part of. Yeah, and I also game. like that Lara is a much more developed character now. Because her backstory yeah. is much more fleshed out now that you can actually tell better stories and it's not just like polygonal crap. Yeah. Moving on with patch notes is uh, from Polygon, the Witcher's, is it Geralt? It's Geralt, right? Confirmed for Soul Calibur Six. So Geralt is oiling up his sword again. This is all coming from uh, Polygon. And heading into the stage of history, Bandai Namco confirmed today that the star of CD Projekt Red's uh, The Witcher will appear in Soul Calibur VI as a guest character. Um, moving on. Geralt's fighting style will include a combination of swordplay ability, uh, sword play, ability enhancing, and potion, potions and uh, combat magic. So for those who didn't keep up with Soul Calibur VI, or Soul Calibur as a, genre, as, a, as a series, they usually include guest characters. So they've had Yoda, they've had Ryu from Street Fighter, um who else did they have they had a couple others that i'm totally pulling a blank on but it's always fun when soul Calibur pulls something like that so um yeah darth vader oh i yeah, remember darth uh, vader great publish just said that darth vader was in it and yoda he was one of my favorite characters to play when he came out um i think soul Calibur is a game in the fighting genre that has remained I think it's one of the better fighters out there and that includes injustice and injustice too but soul Calibur has such a, a history it's right up there with mortal Kombat, really in my mind the first one i played was on dreamcast and actually i remember i think i was like probably around nine or ten walking into a funko land and playing they just had a tv set up with soul Calibur on the dreamcast and i stayed i stayed there for about three hours i played the entire uh roster and it was an absolute joy so i'm excited i'm, I'm definitely gonna get soul Calibur six i'll have fun with it there was actually some rumors earlier on that the hunter from bloodborne would be the guest character which I would have been more stoked about, but alas, I will have to enjoy my time with I never really old. got into like fighting games. I think you should come back and try fighting games, especially Injustice. I've heard Injustice is Well, just because really it's good. DC characters. Well, I mean, yeah, that does seem like my alley, but 
I, I don't know. I just can't get into fighting games, really. I, I, I think what Injustice does that's particularly unique, it has a really good story. Like, Injustice 1 had a very good story in the campaign. Um, I haven't played Injustice 2, but they have, like, all these rad characters, like the Ninja Turtles, which is cool. That was a huge deal when that came out. They have Raiden for Mortal Kombat, so... Um, Anyway, I digress. Soul Calibur Six is going to feature Geralt, so I'm I'm excited for that. I don't know. I'm I'm going to buy it. I don't know if I'll play as Geralt. I usually play as Keyluck. He's my go-to. Well, folks, that was Patch Notes three point fifteen point eighteen, where we update you on the gaming news that broke since last we spoke. Thanks for listening. And with that, let's move on to some community stuff. We just want to give a community shout out to our very good friends at Sasquatch Armada, especially our best boy, Ooh, Caleb. Baby boy. Caleb, you are a rad guy. Keep it up. Keep doing rad shit. You can find Sasquatch Armada at twitch.tv slash Sasquatch Armada, and they are on Twitter, I think, at Sasquatch Armada as well. Caleb's in the chat right now, so you can post your Twitter link and people can hang out with you. Um, they actually have a lot of really funny videos that everybody needs to go check out um, on YouTube. So go check out their their videos I, I don't know what the link is for YouTube. I could find it, but Caleb's right here. So, Caleb, post your Twitter and YouTube link to all these beautiful people and subscribe to their YouTube channel. It goes a long way because they have rad content. So, folks, with that, I hope you enjoyed episode 21 of the Elmer Gaming Podcast. As always, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we appreciate you, and we will talk to you all very soon. Thanks like for a fine who was, who pasta. Was, oh. <laughs> a fine it wasn't pasta? done yet. <laughs> I thought you said, "Why is it a fine pasta?" Yeah, because pasta like gaming. a fine pasta, you you must you age <laughs> the pasta many years. You have to roll it out with your own hands. You need to yes, respect you the pasta. You can't roll it with anyone else's. They won't <laughs> listen to you. Yeah, so this is a lot of what the podcast is like. A lot of this stuff gets edited out for everybody who's watching at home, but this is behind the scenes. We got to make the outro, you know?